all participants will be practicing the social distancing and are communicating from their homes. Please be advised because of this, you may hear background sounds and noises from the respective families. However, we endeavor to bring you quality audio programming. Thank you. God bless. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to Engage 2.0. Welcome back to Engage 2.0. I am your host, Brother Edie, and joining me for this discussion today are my panelists, Brother Dion and Brother Colin. And for those joining us, we are in our fifth episode, and we're going to be talking about why Jesus taught in parables. So if you've missed any of our programs up to this point, you can go to our YouTube channel, type in Heart to Heart 242. There you will find all of our past content, and you can bring yourself up to speed. And if you want to send us your thoughts, comments, or questions, you can also do that at heart2heartministries242 at gmail.com. There we will be looking forward to hear from you. But before we go and dive into today's discussion, we're going to ask Brother Colin to lead us into a word of prayer. Brother Colin. Let us pray. Daniel Father, we're so glad to be here again to study your word and to look forward to your Bible truth. We ask that your divine spirit will be with each member of this panel as we discuss and that your Holy Spirit be with us today to give us the word to speak. This is our prayer in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Life and teaching of Jesus. In his teaching, Jesus utilized stories. This not only awakened interests almost immediately, but also served to hold the attention of those who listened. It is a method which helps to impress truth indelibly on the mind. So let us go to our first question. Why did Jesus speak in parables? Let us look at our first scripture. Matthew chapter 13 verse 10 through 13. Matthew 13 verses 10 to 13 says, And the disciple came and said unto him, Why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered and said to them, Because it has been given to you to know the mystery of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it, it has not been given. For whosoever has, to him more will be given, and he will, give, and he will have abundance. But whosoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Therefore I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear nor do they understand when he taught in parables those who wanted to know what christ taught could easily understood however his method of using parables made it easy avail the truth from the enemies who wanted to condemn him so it, it tells us that um jesus almost spoke in a code so that the enemies um who was always um, lurking around trying to find something to accuse Jesus of he spoke in a way 
that it would be simply uh, understood by those whom were just seeking truth as opposed of whom minds came to hear a tale to, to tell or to cause problems. We have a lot of challenges in presenting the gospel. And you know that even with presenting the gospel, a lot of people twist it to their own devising. Mm -hmm. This is one of the things that we're now facing with uh, Thus Said the Lord. So Jesus was actually, those who, like you said, Brother Edie, those who are sincere in heart will seek to understand. Even the Bible today, you can read it by the surface and don't comprehend a whole lot that the Bible says. But if those who are read, read it by line, one line, piece of a gun, piece of, they gasp what the Bible is trying to say and get the full meaning of the word. They are those who are sincere in heart, who are searching for the truth of God's word. Amen. Let's look at question number two. Where did Christ get the stories he related? Generally, his stories were taken from nature. The things with which his hearers were acquainted. He talked about the tares found in Matthew chapter 13 verse 24 to 30. The barren fig tree found in Luke chapter 13 verses 6 through 9. The lost sheep found in Matthew chapter 18 verses 12 through 14. The sower found in Mark chapter 4 verses 3 and 9. The mustard seed found in Luke chapter 13 verses 18 and 19. The fig tree, Matthew chapter 24, verses 32 and 33. Many of his other parables had to do with various experiences of life, such as laborers in the vineyard, Matthew chapter 20, verse 1 through 16. The ten virgins, Matthew chapter 25, 1 through 13. Or the houses on the rock and the sand, found in Luke chapter 6 verse 47 through 49 and I, I think um, object lessons as what we find in most of the parables that he used things that were familiar with them so the principles which he wished to teach them can lodge even deeper within themselves and they can readily uh, make use of the teachings that he used it wasn't just some frivolous teachings but things that they can use in everyday life and apply it so it, it was a genius the way he taught and we do it today you know we teach our children about nature and the things of nature and how they can relate to God through his acts uh, of nature and um, it is said that nature is Christ's second book so we find that it teaches it's a very good teaching tool to teach principles godly principles he used many of them brother many and you can think of so much um, powers that gives life lessons and even today when we are trying to understand the Bible or heavenly things, we understand it by using life lessons. And one of those life lessons, like you said, was in Mark chapter 12, verse 1, is uh, he said, And he began to speak unto them by parable. A certain man planted a vineyard and set an edge above it. And he dig a place for the winepress and built a tower and let it out to husband and went into a far country. And these, are, these were some of the life, life lessons that he used. Describing that Jesus, is, when he went off, he built a, created the world, he planted all the nice vineyard, he gave us everything that we need, and he left it to us to take care of it. But yet, something came in, and it distorted it. And he's just trying to show us the um, example of things that will happen, that has happened in this life, that we can understand heavenly things.
through these parables. And it, it became so powerful because even we even understand the church and this relationship between God and between God and man through mm-hmm. a marriage. Yeah. These yeah. are parables and life lessons, you mm-hmm. know. It's, it's great and this is how we by studying and searching the parables understand that these are the heavenly things that God has spoken to us in simple ways by life lessons that we live daily routines. Mm-hmm. As we now go into question number three, we're going to ask, did Jesus often teach with parables? Let us go to Matthew chapter 13, verse 34. Matthew 13, verse 34 says, All these things speak Jesus unto the multitude in parables, and without a parable speak he not unto them. Jesus taught in parables. He was fulfilling a prophecy mentioned in Psalms 78 verse 2, in which David had foretold Christ's use of this method of teaching. Let us look at that quickly. Psalms chapter 78 and verse 2. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old. Wow, so it it, it shows that... um, the the prophecy or of the foretelling of someone who would come and teach in parables jesus is, is is telling them in their own words from their own um writings that i am the person whom this is for who is this talking about so it's almost like jesus saying okay look at me i'm, I'm fulfilling what, what was being done and it's amazing how he does things that were spoken of or written of in their own um, scrolls so they could understand who the Messiah would be, who would, the, who would be this Messiah to come to take away the sin of the world. So John exclaimed of Jesus when he was coming to the Jordan, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. You know, now, now, when you mentioned that, um, <clears throat> that uh, they wanted to know if he was the Christ, you know, I, I look at John 10 here and this was a, a a moment when they asked Jesus, you know, you know, tell us plainly, you know, because they know Jesus was talking in parables, you know, throughout his ministry. Mm-hmm. And they asked him, he say, guess what? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. You know, they was tired of hearing the parables. Mm-hmm. But how many mm-hmm. times Christ already told them that he was the Christ? Mm-hmm. Uh, he told them in verse 25, I told you and ye believe not. The works that I do in my father's name they bear witness of me. So they knew that the works that Jesus do, ain't no normal man can do that. No normal man can do that. When Jesus was anointed uh, with the Holy Spirit at, at the baptism of, of John, here now, Jesus walks into the synagogue in Luke chapter 4. He read from the book Isaiah. And he's going to quote what Isaiah talks about the Christ. When he would come, this is what he's going to do. And... He says that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he had anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, right? Mm-hmm. And then to, he had sent me to heal the brokenhearted, healing, to preach deliverance to the captives, those who are suffering. That's the ones there who are uh, possessed with demoniacs, you know, and demons. And recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those that are bruised. So plainly, Christ has revealed that he said who he is, just based on the works, right? Now, watch this. When you now go to, uh, when Jesus was arrested, and now they are asking Jesus, you know what, just tell us if he was the Christ, right? <laughs> Guess, Christ said, 
you will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven. Mm-hmm. And guess what they can say? Blasphemy. But <laughs> didn't they want to know if he's a Christ? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, he showed them by works. And then he just tell them, if thou be the Son of God. You will see him coming in the clouds of heaven. But it's like they were so mixed up, they couldn't even accept him saying plainly that he is the Son of God, that he is the Christ. But here, they, 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 how can I say it? They double-minded. That's what they were. <laughs> they were double-minded. Do you want to know if I'm the Son of God or not? Which one? Because even, even when I tell you plainly, you're saying that I'm blaspheming. And when I tell you that I, uh, uh, based on the works, you can't even believe the works. My goodness. Everybody, you know, I hit the nail on the head. You see, you have to understand. He's a governor, you know. A different type of Messiah. <laughs> right. They were still looking for the Messiah that came. That came. They were looking for one in glory. What type of glory? Their glory. <laughs> That's what they were looking for. Someone who is in, who's not someone come over but Bethlehem. No, they wanted someone who come out of, uh, who had on the crown, who had on royalty, who was all decked up. That's what they were looking for. The one who's going yeah. to take the human yoke from off of them. So when Jesus said that he speaks in parables, he speaks because these people can hear, but they don't understand. Why they don't understand? Because what? They have not accepted what has been taught or what they say they believe. Do you know that happened today? We are teaching the word of God, but yet we do not understand it. We perceive that we know the word of God, but yet we do not hear it. You know, that's why in Matthew chapter 13, verse 35, the Bible was totally filled. There was no point, no point in Christ's ministry that was not fulfilled by every prophecy that was prophesied about him. That's why I said in Matthew chapter 13, verse 35, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things which have been kept secret from the foundation of the world. God has opened the world in, to them in parables. But because they had another point of view, because they had a different outlook, because they wanted to see something different, and because it was coming from this man who come out of this poor man who they don't perceive as desire and don't have on a royal garment, who have not come out of the, the priesthood. Or, or, their, or their schools. <laughs> or their schools. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to... I, <laughs> Oh, the Lord is good. Isaiah chapter 28, verse 9 through 13. I'm going to read. It says, Whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, and there a little, for with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people, to whom he has he said, This is the rest wherewith ye may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing yet they would not hear. But the word of the Lord was unto them precept upon precept. Precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little, that they might go and fall backward and be broken and snared and taken. You know, the word there that is used when it says another tongue is archer. 
or Akel. And it says different. And I like when you use the word saying something different. Another term, another meaning says strange. And the reason why Jesus may have spoken in ways that would have been different from what they were hearing or may have been a little strange to them is that they were not using the principles and the methods that we were given in how to interpret scripture. Because this is something that was given to them. This is found in the book of Isaiah. So this was a rule that was given to the people how to differentiate what was in or what was written in the scrolls. Line upon line and precept upon precept. And the reason why they kept asking, show us the Father, who is the Father, and all these other things, is because they, they, they were into these schools of higher learning. And they became educated fools till they, till they didn't understand what the simple prophets wrote in pointing out who would be the Messiah. And they crucified the Messiah. And when yet, when the deacon Stephen, you will read in the book of Acts chapter 7, you find that when he then goes back into history and try to open up their eyes to what they have done, what did they do? Did they accept it? No. No. <laughs> they, they, they stopped their ears and they gnashed at him with their teeth and they rushed on him and, and carried him out of, the, uh, out of the city and stoned him. You see, this is what happens when, when you don't use Bible principles. And the same thing happens today. The same thing happens today. People do not use the Bible as it should and they don't come at the Bible as it says to come at it. And then when you come with principles and points of what the Bible says, simply taking the Bible as, it's, as it states, they get upset and persons they want to cast you out or whatever have you because simply because you are using the methods in which the scripture says to use and and i think this is just awesome how when jesus went at them at the way that they were supposed to study and when they couldn't get it you say man listen now i, I gotta i gotta speak to these people in another way so that they can understand what i'm saying using christ object lessons so they could understand valuable principles that I needed to understand for the work that he came to do. And, and, and I, like I said, Brother Carl, I love the way you said the word different and strange because it, it, I should say different because it, it shows us that Christ used the method that David said in Psalms um, 78 verse 2 that he would come to teach. You know, and they should have been prepared because David mentioned it. <laughs> Once again, line upon line, priest of the bronze priest of Rather than them going back into their scrolls, going back home like the Bereans and studying and seeing what's going on, they would have easily pinpointed that this is the Messiah that was spoken of. Wow. But he, you know, I mean, there's, there's something else that comes out of this whole lesson with the parable that we must not miss. Is that the God's people, or the shepherd and the sheep, the sheep knows his voice. Mm-hmm. And... The harlots don't, you know. Mark um, chapter 4, verse 11 says something rather interesting. And there's a reason why I said what I just said. And he said unto them, Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables. In other words, only his, only those who are his, will know the mystery of the kingdom of God. And hear Amen. his voice. Those who are not his will clog up their heads and they will pick up stones 
and try to stone them because they become hardened like Pharaoh against the word of God. Wow. You know, and, and that's why Daniel said that the wicked will do, the, the, the wise will understand, but the wicked will just continue to do wickedly. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Number four asks, to understand truth, what basic principle did Jesus mention? Let's go to John chapter 7 and verse 17. If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God, or whether I speak of myself. One time Jesus asked the question, Why do ye not understand my speech? Then he gave the answer, Even because ye cannot hear my word. John chapter 8 verse 43. A prerequisite to understanding truth is commitment and dedication to God. He that is of God heareth God's words. Ye therefore hear them not, because ye are not of God. John 8, 47. And I, I mean, Jesus, you know, Jesus could say some things, boy. But it's true. And, and Brother Colin, I think you just yeah. made that point very clear. Uh, you know, if, you, if you're not of God, um, then, you know, you don't understand the language. And let's just um, mention those in... Um, certain fraternities or the lodges, they have their language and their and the way they communicate in secrecy. They think that they could communicate, and it's such a big deal that no one knows what's going on. They use signs and symbols to coordinate and to communicate. And here, if you're not a part of the organization, two to one, you most likely may not know what's going on around you. And so, likewise. If you're not in sync with God, you may not understand his words and his teachings because your heart, your mind is not with him. And the Bible t teaches us that the carnal things, uh, uh, the, the, the carnality of our minds, we cannot understand the, the holiness and the, and, the, and the beautiness of the things of heaven. And we have to so humble ourselves in the presence of God. So we can understand biblical principles, understand biblical truths. That's important to us and our families and, and for others around us. Because without having the mind of God, you cannot understand the things of God. And, and once we have the mind of God and understand the will of God, guess what we can do very easily? Follow His will. But it's very difficult to follow something that you don't understand. And, and if you're not in love with, that, with, with God, if you're not in love with, his with, with, with what he came to do and what he represents, you're already going to be against it because you don't understand it. And, and we find that even with the Jews back in this day, you find that there's always animosity um, towards Jesus because he, he, he taught very simply. Um, he lived a very simple life. He helped those around him. And to them, it was seeming to be beneath them. You know, even with the, um, with the parable of the Good Samaritan, uh, or the story with the illustration with the Good Samaritan, they seems to uh, want to not recognize what Jesus was teaching them and about their characters. And, and we just, I, I mean, I just love the way Jesus did things because it showed the hypocrisy of those whom were supposed to be religious leaders in his day. But it, it just showed the, how far their minds were to what Jesus came to do and what 
um, they were looking for because even um, even um, upon his resurrection I think it was that they asked him are you now going to restore the kingdom um, it, it tells me where the mindset of the people were back in those days what they wanted freedom from but it showed me also with the mind of Christ where Christ wanted to really free them from wasn't some human oppressor but from a spiritual oppressor and these things serves as tools to teach them what he would come to do and what they were to look forward to and I just love the way how he um, in his daily life used simple methods simple teachings to teach what God would do with, not only with, 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 with the son but what he stemmed to do with the entire world but it is so much came out that same, I give you three, three things of that same text, John chapter 7, I'm going to go through 3, 17, 18, and 19, and I'm going to show you something here. One, if we go from 2017, if any man will do his will, he shall know concerning the doctrine, whether it is from God or whether it speaks on my own authority. Now, check this out. If we go down to 18, it says, but those, now check this, this is the Pharisee, he who speaks from himself, seek what? His, His own glory. glory. Mm -hmm. So guess what they were seeking? Their own glory. Then Jesus asked them a question. Go down to verse 19. Why do ye seek to kill me? Mm -hmm. Why do they seek to kill him? Because, go back up to there, to verse 18, the first part. They wanted to kill him because what? He who speaks from himself, seek is what? His own glory. They didn't, they wasn't checking with God's glory. They were seeking their own glory. He goes further on, I'm sure another part of it again, he says, or whether they speak of his own authority, that's going back to his own glory. He goes back there and says, if they were speaking with God's God authority, they would what? They would know his concern, his doctrine. Remember what he said? They would know his doctrine. Mm -hmm. But you go back down here, it says, but he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is true. And no unrighteousness is found in him. Did not Moses give you the law, yet none of you keep the law? You see why? Mm -hmm. They don't keep the law. Mm -hmm. And yet today, we have people preaching that they keep the law, but they don't keep the law. So guess what they're doing? They're seeking their own glory. So guess what? They can never understand the Bible because what? They're now glorifying who? Themselves. themselves. Mm -hmm. And guess who glorified themselves? Satan. Satan. Mm. Lucifer. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. He's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Look at my. I'm beautiful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. See, when you seek your own glory, you create new, your own doctrine, your own teaching. You become full of yourself. You, you become God. I always think about what someone told me while we were driving around town. They said, why do these people have the posters at this church of them and their the pastor and his wife? But there's not God on the poster. And then makes you wonder why. And guess what came to that conclusion? The syntax. Because they were what? Seeking their own glory. They will never ever hear God's voice. Just like Caiaphasia. Just like all the other priests back in the old days. They cannot hear God's voice because they were what? Seeking their own glory. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and, and, you know, it's very important for us to understand that because 
as long as we are seeking the glory of God, He will give you the wisdom to carry out um, His mandates. But as long as you're seeking your own desires, and we saw that even with Samson, um, Samson was supposed to carry the will of God and doing what he was, he was chosen to do. But when he started to take his eyes off of what God wanted him to do, we found out they took his eyes. You understand? So, you know, it's, it's, it's easy for one to, to, to turn to self or, or to look to something else to gain the glory or the honor or the praise. But it's God who should be praised. It's God who should gain all honor and all glory. You know, and it's always Him we should always be trying to please. And, and we're seeing that this, the same thing that's described here in John chapter 7 is easily linked with the character of Satan, which tells me then that if I'm not following after the will of God, then there's only one other person or entity that I'm following, which is the enemy. And which tells us then that only the things prescribed by God in His Word the only methods in which he will approve are those in which he prescribes and he gives to us because that's the only thing that will work anything outside of that is straight from satan it's satanic and i mean it sounds harsh to say but it's that's exactly what the bible points out the cain syndrome cain was told to bring blood you know he brought he erected the altar and he and he and he brought a sacrifice but the sacrifice in which he brought was that of his own nature and not of that which Christ said to be sacrificed. He sacrificed some fruits. <laughs> you understand? But it wasn't what God asked for. And if we're doing anything outside of what God has asked us, Satan lies at the door. Sin lies at the door. In conclusion, remember that most parables teach one truth. Years later, his hearers could see some of the things Christ used in his parables and then remember his teaching. Parable teaching caused the people to ask questions. Christ's method appealed to all classes of people. And so as we uh, end this series, we admonish you, go back and study the Word of God as we laid out the principles that was found in the book of Isaiah. Line upon line, line upon line, precept upon precept, and precept upon precept, here a little and there a little. These, this is the way we study. And, and once we ask the Holy Spirit for understanding of the word, it brings it alive to us. And the Bible becomes a beautiful, synchronized book. One that's in harmony. And a lot of people think that uh, it contradicts itself. But no, my friends, it doesn't contradict. It's apparent contradiction. But when we humble ourselves in the sight of God and ask to be taught of the Spirit, you will find that all truth is linked one upon the next. It's like building a house and starting with a strong foundation. And as we conclude uh, this series, we're going to ask uh, Brother Hepburn to lead us out with a word of prayer. And then we're going to have a special by Brother Lem. All right, let us pray. My dear Father in heaven, we just want to thank you again for another opportunity to study your word. We just pray and hope, Lord, that our hearers, their Lord, have been blessed and that they have uh, taken into, uh, into effect those things that God wants them to know that will bring righteousness, O oh Father, as, they are, as their eyes behold Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith. 
May they continue to walk with him faithfully. And I pray, Father, that you be with us, that we continue to study, and that uh, we would only bring truth, O oh Lord, to the table, so that your people may be instructed, that they may be uh, enlightened, Lord. And we know, Father, that only your Holy Spirit can enlighten all of us. And so we ask for him again. Hold your blessing upon us. We thank you for the time that we spent here. We ask that you would be with each and every one. Jesus in me pray. Amen. Amen. We thank you for joining us here at Engage 2.0. Uh, if you want to um, listen to our past episodes, you can do so by going into our YouTube channel, typing in Heart to Heart 242, and you can find all of our content there. You can bring yourself up to speed. Also, if you want to contact us by email, you can um, do so at Heart to Heart Ministries 242 at gmail.com. We will be glad to hear from you. And so, um, join us as we look to go into our fifth uh, series which is going to be the sure word of prophecy you don't want to miss that folks I guarantee you so we look forward to bringing that study to you but until then I am your host Brother Edie and for the panel uh, we say Maranatha <laughs>